0: All right. All right. Welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the alternate current radio network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode 457 of this weekly omnibus news and analysis radio program. Again, brought to you here on ACR and straight out of the gates. There's a big story breaking, ladies and gentlemen, another major banking collapse in the united states who saw it coming what do we know where is it heading Uh, we're going to bring on the line right now a very special guest best-selling author geopolitical analyst f william angdahl who also it happens to be the author of the gods of money there's a link on our show page to william's website we can see all his titles and we're very pleased that he is available right now to to, we're going to bring him right on the line actually right in now hello william how are you doing
1: hello patrick good to be with you again
0: It's great to be with you again, although, William, it's not great what's happening out there, uh, especially in the U.S. Um, This looks like uh, a major banking collapse with the potential to cascade in a number of different directions. It's incredibly complicated how interwoven uh, this new over-financialized economy is, along with the digital and crypto space. Uh, Give us your assessment of, at least your first impressions of What's been going on this week in the United States, William?
1: Well, what we what we are seeing in the last few days is a lawful consequence of a deliberate Federal Reserve policy to jack up interest rates at record rates, by the way, over the last twelve months, uh, to cause not not a reduction of inflation, but to cause a collapse in in hyperinflated assets. There have been asset bubbles created over the last 14 years, since the 2008 great financial uh, crisis, so-called, by a policy of near zero interest rates by the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world. And that led to creating bubbles in everything and high risk investing in junk bonds or uh, whatever you will, because uh, the reasoning was, oh, if I don't have to pay uh, more than one or so percent interest on my on my debt, uh, what have I got to lose? So this is now coming unwound. It's the first major break since September of last year, when, when the British bond market uh, threatened an implosion before the Bank of England stepped in and, and forced Liz Truss, after 40 days in office as unelected prime minister, to resign with her chancellor of the Exchequer. Uh, for creating uh, a budget proposal that would uh, create huge new debt in, in the uh, uh, British bond market or gilt market, so the events of the Silicon Valley Bank last uh, Thursday and Friday, where literally within 48 hours the bank went from uh, high, uh, highly rated uh, AA3. Uh, Moody's Bank to a bank that was insolvent and seized by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation uh, and is now in in emergency restructuring. So, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, has gone on record today, Sunday, saying that this is, uh, we have this under control. This is no need to worry. This is a small bank and. we're not going to bail it out. Uh, bank bailouts are are, are uh, off off the table. Uh, not we're not going to do what we did in 2008, where they bailed out uh, Goldman Sachs, they bailed out uh, Citigroup, they bailed out uh, J.P. Morgan, Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, <laughs> almost everybody on the block. So this there there are many many ominous things about this, but. I think the most ominous and indication of of how out of control this thing is going to be next week, globally, by the way, is the fact that the Federal Reserve announced an emergent over the weekend, announced an emergency closed door meeting for 11 o'clock on Monday morning.
0: So this is Jerome Powell uh, and the board has been... uh, basically told by, I guess, the, the White House, Treasuries-involved uh, emergency. Uh, what can we expect? Can we accept shock therapy? Um, are we going to expect uh, them coming in to guarantee all of the deposits in order to maintain depositor confidence? Because isn't there a danger of a run on the banks, uh, William?
1: With, oh, yeah. With well, there was a run on the, on the uh, Silicon Valley bank. The, uh, some details about the SVB. Uh, it's a highly dodgy bank. It's became uh, the bank for uh, high tech startups in Silicon Valley, as the name would imply, and had a uh, depositor base of between 170 and 200 billion dollars, which means it's below the threshold that requires certain uh, risk uh, revelations to the uh, you know to the Federal Reserve and is allowed to get away with certain things that uh, larger banks like Bank of America uh, are restricted from doing. So 87% of those 200 billion or 173, whatever you want to take, deposits are uninsured. There are companies who you know, parked all their cash in that one bank, high-tech startups, and 87% of those deposits are uninsured, meaning the Federal Deposit Insurance Company Uh, is not prepared to put up a penny of that because, you know, there were beyond the level of $250,000 that are insured deposits in a a single account. So this, uh, the mainstream media is is talking about how this is going to put the risk uh, focus on all uh, regional or smaller U.S. banks. Well, this is nonsense. It's going to put the risk focus on all banks because many of these banks, since 2009, have been holding bonds as as uh, their main uh, equity assets. Uh, you know, to lend against, and now with the rise in interest rates over the past. 12 or so months, uh, the record pace of in interest rate increases by the Fed. The value of those bonds has been collapsing as interest rates rise. That's the nature of bonds. So, But there's one little catch to this that uh, many people uh, are not aware of. In 2009, under pressure from Congress and pressure from Wall Street, The uh, Financial Accounting Stability uh, uh, Standards Board, FASB, changed the rulings and allowed banks to avoid marking their bond holdings to market. Before that, in the 2008 crisis, they were forced to mark to market every day. So if the bond market froze up, uh, you know, there was this cascading wave of bankruptcies. So... Once, once that died down and $700 billion of the U.S. taxpayer money was, was thrown at the banks by, by Henry Paulson, the Treasury Secretary, former Goldman Sachs chairman, the rules were changed to allow banks to pretend that those uh, bonds were still at the price they, they paid for them originally. So this is now going to come unwound. This is going to come unwound. There's going to be bank runs. Quiet at first, may, maybe in uh, many banks, but in other cases, very rapidly over the next days. This is this is the genie is out of the bottle. The financial tsunami has begun.
0: So, so you're saying that the 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 true bond prices um, they've been able to mask the if the bonds aren't yeah. performing because of the because of the rules that came into place after the 2008 collapse.
1: Correct, yeah. 2009, they made the, the rule change. So, so, so that means the, p- the price is, is fraudulent. The pricing,
0: the, 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 the virtu- it's virtual pricing, isn't it? It's not real pricing.
1: Yeah, well, because we've had 14 years, this is the incredible thing. We've had 14 years of unprecedented zero or near zero interest rates, not only from the Fed, but from central banks around the world, the European Central bank actually went into minus interest rates for a while, so we've had this extraordinary free money situation, so that uh, banks who are lending would lend to every uh, fly chop operation that comes along that they can, you know, get some short-term gains from, and that's that's what's happened. We've had bubbles created in almost everything you can imagine: the housing bubble of the last several years, the. Uh, uh, automobile financing bubble, the the uh, uh, you know college loan bubble, everything you can look at. So now all of this with the high interest rates, uh, they can't roll over that debt. So they're going to have to sell assets like like uh, government bonds that it's been holding, which have been dramatically losing value because the interest rates have been growing up, uh, going up in the market from the from the central banks, especially the Fed.
0: So how how is this situation going to affect uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street? These ma- massive uh, hedge funds, these massive funds, are are they going to take advantage of this? Could you see uh, any vulture capitalistic moves going on here that might, uh, let's say, reconsolidate wealth in a certain direction? What what do you think on that on that front?
1: I think we're we're several steps away from them being able to do that because they are going to face horrendous losses on their stock holdings on their uh bond holdings for their for their uh, investors the you know uh, middle america that's invested trillions of dollars into these blackrock vanguard state street bank and so forth uh so there's going to be horrendous uh, downside in the stock market that's not not even yet begun Uh, because of this. This is my feeling. But let me uh, step back, if I may, a little bit and uh, say something about the the role of central banks and the Federal Reserve in financial collapses in general in history over the last uh, 110 years since the Fed was created in 1913. Every major financial crisis and collapse that the United States has uh, undergone since uh, the Fed was created in in, uh, 1913 has been deliberately activated by the Fed through interest rate policies. Mm -hmm. That happened in 1929, the stock market collapse. I document that in my Gods of Money, Wall Street and the Death of the American Century book. Uh, That happened with the... uh, uh, collapse of the U.S. banking system that was a domino effect of the collapse of the Vienna Credit Kreditanstalt in May of 1931 that collapsed the German banking system to which Wall Street, J.P. Morgan and, and other banks had lent uh, billions of dollars over the 1920s, so the, the, the whole thing began to come unwound, but that prepared the way for World War II by the powers that be. Well, the 2008 Great financial crisis, as it's called, was triggered deliberately uh, by Henry Paulson, who came from Goldman Sachs as Treasury Secretary, when he refused to bail out Lehman Brothers in September of 2008. So, all of these, uh, uh, you know, financial crises are deliberately created by by the money power. Now, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, former chairman of the Federal Reserve, came out today on on Sunday talk show saying that we will not have bailouts like we did in 2008 of the banks. What she didn't say is, in the meantime, they have instituted laws that they re- refuse to talk about publicly in, in front of the general public called bank bail-ins, and that's what's going to happen now, that the banks that are insolvent have have. Bank depositor runs, panic runs, and so forth, are not going to be bailed out by by the taxpayers as as we did in 08. It's going to be the depositors, like in Cyprus uh, a few years ago with the banks in Cyprus, where the depositors were forced to take a haircut to to lose, uh, you know, billions of dollars of their own deposit money in in the bank in Cyprus. Well, that now has been codified into law in the European Union with the uh, banks of the European Union, which are in very, very bad shape, and the banks in the United States. So this is going to be the next step. Bank bail-ins, so people with with, uh, unsecured deposits over $250,000, like corporations and so forth, are going to be uh, left holding the bag.
0: Wow. So the haircut situation. Interesting. So I have to ask this question, William, and, you know, taking into account, you know, everything that you discovered and pieced together in the gods of money and some of your other previous work on this very subject. um, I, I the one thing I'm not hearing. Uh, is the concept of moral hazard, and I'm not hearing anything about why is this not a good opportunity to reinsert the Glass-Steagall-type firewall between depositors and the speculation side of banking. I I don't hear any of the uh, pundits talking about this, none of them. Well, they
1: should have done that in, in 2008. Well, before they should never repeal the Glass-Steagall, but that's only a, a small part of the architecture of, of out-of-control uh, leverage finance today.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's the confidence issue. I, I also heard this. Tell me what you we think about this. I think this was Bill Ackman or some, one of these uh, Pershing Capital. He was saying that uh, they should, FDIC should step in now and announce that they're going to insure all depositors up to $10 million in order to maintain confidence. Uh, in you know the deposit and saving side of all banking in the United States. but isn't that also a problem as well, William, because that might allow banks to continue taking huge risks. If the government will bail out all deposits up to ten million, what do you think about that
1: uh, solution? it's not gonna happen. i'm I'm hundred percent convinced because we're gonna they're gonna go for bail-ins. Right. Uh, they're not about to, uh, you know, this uh, Yellen as Treasury Secretary, she was planning to resign, but something dramatically happened to change those plans, it seems. She was planning to resign end the last year, as I recall, but uh, she's still there giving billions of dollars to uh, Zelensky in Ukraine while, uh, you know, the fires are burning at home.
0: She was in Ukraine when this happened, I'm told. Uh, or was she? I believe she was in Ukraine, or at least giving. No, no, she, she was back by then, I think. And she was giving a speech about how she's going to secure the pensions of Ukrainian government employees and all of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's completely crazy looking at this, the juxtaposition of this scenario, William. It's completely insane.
1: Well, Patrick, I think we have to step back and look. Who controls the creation of money, the central banks? Now, in the longer term, they have this so-called Davos agenda. I think the Davos is is, uh, overplayed on this, but it's the agenda that Davos supports, and that is central bank digital currencies. Mark Carney, former head of the Bank of England, is a key player in this, but uh, uh, are they going to use this to create such a horrendous... Great Depression in the United States and throughout the world economy that has all borrowed dollars over the last 14 years like there's no tomorrow. And is that going to come tumbling down and, and, uh, uh, you know, allow central bank digital currencies? I may be wrong, but the evidence I see is that they're not ready for that yet. So one option might be that this emergency federal reserve meeting tomorrow will announce emergency interest rate cuts of maybe one or two or three percent to try try to undo the, the damage they've done over, over the last uh, 12 months of rate increases. But I think it's too late for that. It's, uh, that would only guarantee that everybody realizes this situation is out of control and there'd be pure panic. So uh, they're between a rock and a hard place, to put it mildly.
0: So what about uh, in the UK, And just before this has happened, in the UK we saw the government uh, move to uh, limit the ability to transfer money into cryptocurrency accounts with a couple of banks, at least one of them, that major one that I know of. And so that's like, uh, is that the equivalent of blocking the exits of a, of a building that's on fire? Um, and again, could there be a flight to gold, gold and silver? Uh, you know, just from the depositor point of view, William, how do you view that with the cryptocurrency situation and then with the CBDC looming kind of down the road?
1: Well, I think the crypto option is is uh, pretty much gone. I mean, the Silvergate was a crypto related uh, bank not only tied to FTX but uh, other cryptos, and uh, there last week they also became insolvent. Uh, as to silver and gold, I think uh, you know I, I like the idea of, of gold and and uh, currencies exchangeable for gold, like it was with the U.S. dollar up in August of nineteen seventy-one. But uh, you know when when. Silver and gold. When gold goes through the roof, that means that the dollar has collapsed. That means that the economy is is just, just out of control, collapsed. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the uh, Germany in nineteen twenty three with the Weimar hyperinflation and wheelbarrow money. So, uh, the rise of gold is not necessarily a, a good omen in these times. We've we not been through. Keep in mind that the the outstanding debt of the world economy is at a level uh, orders of magnitude beyond what it's ever been in history because of this zero interest rate uh, uh, situation. Since, uh, to give you an example, just the US government federal debt in 2008, during the great financial uh, crisis, uh, total federal debt was around, as I recall, 10 trillion dollars. And As of January of this year, it's above $31 trillion and more than 120% of gross domestic product. This is getting close to the levels of a country like Italy, and that's a 300% rise in federal debt alone. So, you know, there are limits to this thing, despite what uh, Joe Biden and, and his Treasury Secretary may think, to the amount of debt you can pile on.
0: And it okay. So if dollar, if 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 gold shoots up, and the dollar collapses in value rapidly, that means oil prices will will shoot up, right? In 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 response.
1: Well, it depends. It, 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 if that happens with the dollar, that's going to cause a, a depression, and that's going to collapse demand for oil. Mm.
0: Right. And it, you know, what's it going to do for
1: Chinese? The Chinese economy is teetering on the brink of its own uh, depression collapse. It's it has been for the last two years with its real estate bubble collapsing and uh, the Chinese exports to their major export economy. The United States would collapse with that. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have this thing is going to go because we've had the financial liberalization over the past 20, 25, 30 years, where all all barriers to the free flow of hot money have been removed. So it's a it's a global problem. It's it's this is horrendous.
0: And um, so I'm listening to the pundits yesterday and maybe you can give me your, your response to this. Um, you know, this is the CNBC crowd, you know, the the, yeah. the Forbes crowd. And they're saying that, um, you know, what the government needs to come in and and secure uh, a Silicon Valley Bank because we need to protect – and we need to uh, bail out all of our innovation sector because uh, if we don't, we won't keep ahead of China, in, in our biggest adversary in the race. <laughs> I'm sw- I swear this is what they were saying yesterday, William. What What would your response be to this?
1: Well, uh, you know, one of the chief uh, gurus of CNBC, which is a complete nonsense channel in terms of uh, honest intelligence about the financial system is is a guy named Jim Kramer and up to last week or, or last month he was rating the silicon valley bank as a great stock buy <laughs> <laughs> so i you know this is just nonsense they're, they're in panic they're in panic
0: yeah, so they're, they're trying to frame this as the government needs to bail out everything because if we don't, we'll, we'll fall behind China in the race for, you know, economic innovation, war, supremacy globally. Um, so I, I just can't believe that the conversation, there's a good part of pundits talking in that direction and yeah. not, not talking about the real fundamentals of the, of the economy, which is, William, that the United States doesn't manufacture very much. And
1: well, it, it went the way Margaret Thatcher took Britain in the in the uh, uh, back in the eighties. You know, it has become a uh, so-called services economy, but the services are things like uh, you know Facebook and Google and uh, uh, iPhones and all this uh, garbage that uh, we don't really need. And there's no manu- we've outsourced all the manufacturing deliberately, beginning with Bill Clinton to China. To the Chinese, including the leading mining technology companies for rare earth mining, we shut it down in the U.S. and shipped it over to China.
0: So so all the Silicon Valley finance gurus, the fintech crowd and all this, they're saying that, you know, we, we need to, you know, we need to keep the VC money flowing to subsidize all these startups, and looking for that one unicorn and what's happened, William, and maybe you might agree or disagree with this, but over the years, this sort of mentality um, it has created a huge bubble, a, a kind of an innovation bubble that they're looking for the Holy Grail. So in the meantime, that's going to be one out of 10 investments. So they have to subsidize all 10. It, it William, it reminds me of the military industrial complex. But what, what are your thoughts oh. on that?
1: Well, uh, the, uh, I'm not clear on the link to the uh, military-industrial complex, but in terms of the bubble of uh, tech companies, this is uh, very, very well known. And th- these are companies that have never made a profit, but uh, they borrow money to, uh, in hopes that next year they'll start turning a profit for some obscure technology like uh, mRNA vaccine technologies or whatever. And uh, yeah. The American taxpayer uh, has certain limitations going into a depression, an economic collapse phase, as as we're doing now. There there are limitations on how much you can tax the American voter.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is is convenience tech, William. It's like remote doctors and how to you know have a Zoom call with doctors and to transfer exactly all, uh, as convenient stuff and deliver this and deliver that, and so that's kind of the, that's the dominant. Uh, Silicon Valley kind of innovation bubble. Um, I, I, I made mm-hmm. the military-industrial comparison because there are so many defense uh, projects that are basically th- that keep going on life support for decades even though they don't produce anything and it's DARPA-related stuff, but the, the taxpayer mm-hmm. picks up the bill for this and it just kind of runs mm-hmm. on and on and on and it's great if you're connected and you're, you can benefit from that, but so in a way, it's like Silicon Valley. There's an endless boondoggle of uh, uh, startups, and, and and it costs money. They have high-paid directors, they have boards, they have you know yeah, high-paid yeah. salaries.
1: Well, the difference is uh, taxpayers-supported or private capital-supported, which is the Silicon Valley Bank uh, case. So it's... You know, as long as you can get away with robbing the taxpayers to prop up these defense companies or, or pharma companies or whatever, uh, they can manage it. But uh, when that comes comes to its limits, you know, taxpayer revolts like you have in France right now uh, over the changes in the in the pension retirement ages and whatnot, uh, you know, you can go that route for quite a while. But that's that's coming to an end now. We're we're at a phase change in the world economy that we have not seen since 1929-33 in the U.S. and the world. That's and the problem is in 1933 when Roosevelt came into office with his bank holiday and his seizure of private gold and and whatnot. The federal debt was. Tiny, tiny, tiny. The ideology was don't, uh, you know, burden the government with debt, the federal government with debt. You know, uh, let, let projects be viable on their own and uh, financed by the private sector. Well, today we have a federal debt to GDP of 123 percent. You know, uh, how many times can you raise that? Like in Japan where it's over 200 uh, percent. You know, this, this is... And this is deliberate. I, 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 I am convinced that this is a deliberate consequence of the policy of the uh, the powers that be behind the governance of the Federal Reserve. And they, the Fed has created every major financial crash at their own choosing. They knew this was going to happen. They didn't know it would happen with Silicon Valley Bank, maybe. But they knew that there was a lot of dodge, dodgy debt out there in the financial system, a lot. And they knew that there's a six-month uh, lag time between rate increases and and uh, the reaction in the real economy. So back in September, when they were doing these these huge uh, monthly rate increases of you know 50 basis points per month, uh, six months from from then is March 2023. And that's where we are now. So this is it happens to be Silicon Valley Bank, but. Tomorrow, Monday, and next week and next month is going to be a whole array of of dodgy companies that we had no idea how uh, fragile their balance sheets were because this is a bubble. It's been a bubble economy uh, manifestly since 2008.
0: My last last question, because I know you've got to go, I really appreciate your, your time today, William. Um, the, That's fine. There's another <laughs> bubble, there's another tech bubble, which is very speculative, and it's a unicorn bubble. It's the green tech bubble. Um, this this might be affected by this as well, because there's a lot of long gambling on green tech, and the government's very much involved in that, with subsidies and so forth. Um, will will that bubble be affected? In other words, will, will those investments be affected? A bit shaky as a result of this.
1: I, I'm convinced it will be because uh, uh, let's be honest: the, the the green economy is is a one of the most hyped up frauds in in human history. It's based on a bunch of lies. Uh, the elect, electric uh, EV uh, automobile or transportation revolution that Tesla started uh, that's just a complete fraud because. It, you don't have the electricity and the power grid, reliable electricity to charge all the, uh, you know, when you go to 100% EV uh, transportation, you, you're not going to be able to, to charge it all. It's, the grid is going to be so overloaded, you're going to have to spend trillions and trillions of dollars every year for the next, you know, decades to, to even imagine. But where is that going to come from? So the whole green bubble that... Uh, Biden has been pumping up uh, massively since he came into the White House. Uh, that's that's going to be it's already facing huge problems, but uh, uh, you know now with, with the windmills being cancelled because they uh, you know they're not reliable power sources and they freeze up in the winter and uh, various things like that and solar uh, also being equally unreliable and highly costly and China has a virtual monopoly on solar, uh, and many of the key parts for uh, wind power. So this is all going to come crashing down as well. I think.
0: Mm. Well, and I just hope the government doesn't uh, do a massive QE fest, and do another COVID printing spree. Uh, you know, magic up another five trillion out of thin air. Um, that's probably going to have a hor- horrendous effect on inflation. But um, I, I just think that's where the if, if the Democrats are in office, um, QE is the way they want to go. Well, Republicans do it too. Quite frankly, they both do it. But um, well, that- they
1: both do it, and yeah. Uh- you know, uh, the uh, Hank Paulson triggering of the of the 2008 September Lehman crisis was deliberate. He was a Republican ahead of Goldman Sachs before he became Treasury Secretary. So this is a th- th- these are the powers that be behind the politicians that are behind this. And, and they uh, they want to uh, the agenda is ultimately. And if it's going to happen this time or if it's a little bit premature, uh, ultimately to collapse the world into such financial uh, and economic uh, depression and, and misery that will be begging for uh, you know a uh, digital central bank currency that will guarantee at least a few crumbs for us to survive uh, uh, with our families, but a lot of people are going to die, unfortunately, through this. Oh. This is predictable. I've been predicting this uh, almost since 2008 <laughs> that this is going to lead to such a Crisis, but they deliberately wanted to build up the bubble so big that when they pop it, it's going to force dramatic uh, change to the world financial system. Dramatic change, mm-hmm. and I think that's we we're at the this is the signal start of that. There, there are people over this weekend are examining the balance sheets of where where they're banking and uh, trying to figure out uh, what the risk is and, and looking to get out the exits on Monday morning.
0: Uh, could, what about other BRICS countries? Can they provide some uh, some insulation to this by s- stepping up as a better uh, destination to, to park your money or anything like this, any stability?
1: It's going to be difficult. I wrote a piece recently about uh, how uh, Modi has been targeted for a color revolution because India and Modi uh, refused to uh, abide by sanctions against Russia and by instead by uh, huge amounts of Russian oil. But uh, India is is very, very vulnerable, as we saw with the uh, uh, Adani groups uh, targeting by a very suspicious uh, Wall Street uh, analysis firm uh, several months ago, and collapse the value of the largest uh, corporation in, in India, which is directly tied to Modi. Uh, South Africa is, is in a massive economic depression, uh, 50% unemployment in real terms. Uh, China is going through its, its real estate uh, bubble collapse and uh, horrendous uh, problems with unemployment and, and so forth. That's not being publicly admitted. So I think the BRICS thing and, and Russia's bogged down in the war in Ukraine. It's going to be difficult. It's going to require very, very dramatic, creative alternative uh, measures, far more so than any of the BRICS countries are yet talking about
0: incredible absolutely incredible well there's a lot to keep an eye on here and of course everybody if you're listening it's important to know the historical background to this uh, because those are the building blocks that brought us to this particular situation and one of the great books that's going to get you right in the frame on that is Ephraim Engdahl's The Gods of Money Uh, and there's a link to his website straight on our show page it'll take you to his website and you can see his titles there they're also available on all major uh, reputable booksellers online as well but uh, William, we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, This has been an absolutely great session, and uh, hopefully we can have this conversation continue into the near future. But thank you. Thank you, Patrick. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, best-selling author, geopolitical analyst, F. William Angdahl. There's a lot to unpack there. We'll try to do some of that after the break. And then there's other big stories also breaking. We're going to hit those with our roving correspondent for Culture and Sport, Basil Valentine. All coming up on the other side. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. You're listening to The Sunday Wire. We'll be right back. If we can build a ship to sail the seven seas. can send a rocket ship into space.